What's up, stay-at-home dads? It is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn a few tricks and to up their game. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. Here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. And I did stay at home for a little while while I was not working. Yeah, just seemed like a... wasn't great. Eh, to each his own, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God bless the ones who do. There's a there's a friend of uh, my daughter's in her class who is a, whose dad is a stay-at-home dad, and I have nothing but respect and props for that dude. He's... It's a hard-working fellow. Yeah, it's the, uh, it's the hardest job you'll never make any money off of. Exactly. Exactly. I never get any respect for. Nope. No. So uh, what's been up, Dan? You know, it's been kind of a quiet um, uh, little bit. We did a um, trivia last week on Thursday, and it was um, – uh, you know, we had this crazy snow here the, the previous week. Sunday, yeah. Sunday a week ago, it snowed – well, my back porch got 14 inches. Um, third largest snowfall in one day in the history of the area. My back porch got 14 inches. Name of your sex tape. My back porch, your back porch gets my 14 <laughs> inches. So, Anyhow. Anyway. Sorry. I didn't, didn't need it to happen, <laughs> but I I can't believe I hadn't uh, gotten there. Um, did we debrief about the Christmas show? Um, I don't know if we did. Well, I so I played that Christmas thing. It was three hours worth of holiday music with a couple of, couple of do-overs, you know, as I went through it. But, um, uh, that was really fun. It was really, really fun. And the audience turned over a lot. So I got away with my repeats and, um, and got really good feedback from the people who were around there. You know, there were some vendors and whatnot in tents who were captive audience. And I always kind of feel for those guys. You know, if I saw, sure, they have to sit through it. So, uh, true. But, but I got good feedback. And, uh, and the next day it snowed like, like you've never seen here. Um, literally since the thirties was the last time it snowed yeah. that much in one day. And so it screwed up everything for days and days and days because we can't handle that sort of thing here. Um, so to be fair, I grew up in Utah and I went to college in Minnesota. 14 inches in a day would have shut either of those places down too. So, Yeah, um, that's fair. But what it meant was that even, what, four days later on Thursday, people were still freaked out about it. And the turnout at the uh, trivia was low. Um, yeah. We had a good time, but there were not very many people there. So, um, so that was a bummer. That was the first time in, you know, two months that the attendance has been off at that. Uh, so I trust it'll bounce. Um and then um, we are working up some new material for a set of shows this next week. We're playing a brand new venue on uh, Saturday, and then we're at um, two old favorite places on Saturday and then New Year's Eve. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm up nice. to. Nice. What you been doing? So um, typically, when you know we skip weeks and stuff, it very. It, it very rarely has anything to do with our music careers and more with just our personal lives. Um, so it's been very busy for us this past week. You know, we had a couple of, we had some stuff come up and, you know, getting sitters in December is always kind of difficult mm. as parents because there's so much going on and, you know, there's only so many people. So um, we had a situation as far. So we had, we had a gig this past Monday, not yesterday, but the, um, the week before. And in the course of basically Friday until Sunday, meaning the day before the gig, um, I lost my sound man, my admin and our babysitter. Wow. So it, um, it definitely caused a big upheaval in, <laughs> in my life trying to make all that stuff work. Um, we did manage to get it all put together and, uh, the gig itself was very interesting. So we played at a development in downtown Atlanta, um, called Ponce city market. Okay. And for those of you who do not know, 
Pont City Market uh, used to be uh, what they called City Hall East, which was where they were. They did a bunch of kind of administrative managerial stuff for the city of Atlanta. And before that, it was a warehouse for the Sears Roebuck uh, and Company catalog. Oh, dude, does it have the tower on it? It does. I love those old Sears buildings. They're very, very iconic. It's a very particular thing. So this this building takes up like yeah, they're huge. Four city blocks. They're yeah, they're it, it, yeah, absolutely massive. And what they've done is they've converted it into a um, kind of a mixed use deal. So there's uh, there there's retail space. There are there's this amazing food hall. It's just any kind of food you can imagine, um, as well as offices and residences. And it's just it's a fun place. The rooftop has like an an amusement park. Um, it's yeah, it's it's very much what is happening in uh, in Atlanta right cool. now, um, and <laughs> we were playing in the parking deck. <laughs> well, <laughs> now when you're loading in and it's forty degrees out and it's raining and they go, we're playing in the in the parking deck. You know, your heart sinks a little bit. But we uh, we got on the freight elevator, got all our gear up there, and uh, this was by far the nicest parking deck mm. I have ever been in. Let alone played in. Yes, so it was uh, it was seven stories up. It was one of those where they had the acoustic treatment already done, mm. and it was an interior deck, meaning uh, it was not open to the elements. So actually, in inside uh, acoustically, it sounded great, and it was comfortable as far as the temperature goes. Good. And what they were doing is they were doing a. Um, it was an event for uh, the property management company who um, does all of the residences there, and so uh, it was a weird gig because it was a Monday. Uh, with a with a four p.m. start time, huh. uh, we were done by seven. Interesting. So it was two sets, a six. I think it was like a sixty and a ninety, with a little bit of a break. Um, but there were some interesting perks. Uh, one of them being that the venue, quote unquote, being an apartment complex, our green room was a fully furnished loft apartment. Nice. So, you know, we had a fridge full of our, our writer stuff and there was couches and a TV and a, I mean, a bed, I guess, but like a full bathroom and all of that stuff. And so it was, uh, it was really nice. We had about an hour and a half, two hours of downtime. And that was a really nice place to, uh, to spend that time. Pretty good. And the show went fine. Um, you know, we had talked previously about people dancing is kind of a bad barometer of whether or not people are enjoying themselves. Yeah. Um, and, and we fell victim to the, uh, it's a tale as old as time. Um, a situation where the bar is on one end of the, uh, event space. Yeah. And the band is on the other. Yeah. So we didn't have a whole lot of people up front until the very end. They, they kind of, we, we warmed them up enough and they came up, um, enough for us to do an encore, but everybody seemed to enjoy themselves. Everybody was very complimentary. We ran, I mean, all around there, like with our wireless mics, trying to get people involved and let them know. And, you know, we were, our captive audience was two security guards who mm. were standing right in front of us, kind of, you know, making sure people didn't go where they weren't supposed to go. And they were very complimentary, seemed to enjoy themselves. So yeah. there's always that. Very good. It was a fun, interesting deal. And it was nice to be home by like eight. 830 um, instead of, you know, 2 a.m. I do like an early gig. Our one this um, this coming weekend at a new venue called the um, Wi-Fi Wine Bar in uh, interesting yeah in High Point, North Carolina. Um, I think it's 7 to 10 okay. on Saturday night. So that's just so, you know, humane. I love it. I feel like that's kind of happening, though. I know that there's a lot of people, especially people in our community, going, we need to make shows 
start time totally, earlier. Totally. Yeah. Because it is kind of obnoxious. Doesn't want to start a show at 10? Like, uh, yeah. I, and, and I say to him when I book, like, I get it. If that's what works in your venue, that's fine. But I will tell you, my draw after 9 p.m. is basically zero. So don't yeah. count on my people. They won't come out for a 10 o'clock start. Sure. That is fair. Uh, we, we're just all too old. It's not happening. Yeah, it's important, you know, that venues understand that their uh, their target demo versus our target demo don't always line up. And, you know, right. we they should take those kinds of things under consideration. For sure. So there was one other snag um, concerning our uh, our event on Monday. Um, so I had said that we had lost our sound man and our admin. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very strange story, and I won't get into the nitty gritty. But our our sound man had kind of picked up a a job that was it, it basically just like took over his life. Mm. Um, so much so that he literally called me like a day ago and said, Hey, I just quit this job. Hmm. So in the, like this whole drama has unfolded since we've last had, uh, had an episode. Um, and part of the thing was, is that he, he kind of dropped the event in my lap as far as the admin day of show running stuff goes. Um, and when we wrapped up, the client was about as chill as you could be on, on a corporate event. He was like, do whatever you want. You know, you know what's best and whatever, and you know we'll we're happy with what we're you know what you guys are providing. So that that part was cool. So uh, got a check handed to me, and I immediately handed it off to somebody else because I was loading out and wasn't you know focused on that right at that moment. And uh, came home, opened the check, and to find that it was short. Oh, and I was very confused by that. So I actually went into the the original contract. I was able to locate it and um, the verbiage around the total payment was a bit vague. And I had to have a, uh, one of those things where I had to follow up with the clients like, Hey, <laughs> I, I hate to do this, but uh, you guys shorted us about 10% of what you agreed upon. Uh, and to be in their in their defense, they were like, I'm so sorry that that happened. Give us, you know, whatever, and we'll take care of yeah. it. And the check came this morning. So good. it was, it wasn't that big of a deal, but it could have been a big deal. Sure. But, uh, always make sure that you are checking the verbiage of your contracts because, uh, stuff can fall, uh, fall through the cracks pretty easily. And, and what was the, so they paid like the balance minus the deposit or something? What? So, um, once again, it's not a deposit. It is a booking fee. Thank you. Date yes, reservation yes. fee. Um, they paid that and that was perfectly fine. In the contract though, it said date reservation fee and then total instead of balance. Gotcha. So what the person who was reading the contract did is they took the balance and they subtracted the fee and then shorted us 10%. So they, they, they basically underpaid you by the amount of the booking fee. Exactly. So I had to go back and go, Hey, you know, we originally agreed to this price and it it could have been a a messy thing, but they were not, like I said, they were chill about everything. They're like, Oh yeah, totally. We'll fix that. Yeah. Um, but you may not be so lucky sometimes. For sure. I know that we've got a, uh, we've got another call with that, uh, that client that we are considering firing on Thursday and uh, I fear that it might be more surprises and potentially, you know, the dissolving of that agreement. But did did they schedule that call or did you? Yes, they did. They're like, we need to talk about the music slash vibe of this event, um, which 
<laughs> makes me slightly concerned because that implies that they have no idea who they've been talking to for the past seven months, yeah. um, which feels uh, problematic. Right. So, I mean, best case, they're going to say, hey, we want it to be a crazy high energy party. You'll be like, sweet, you hired the right band for that. Sure. But if they start like critiquing like the song choice, I'll be like, look, you guys hired us to be us. And if you want somebody else, you need to hire somebody else. Just every single step of this process. Again, the person who was initially heading it up was completely on board. Everything was agreed to. The contract was signed. We were good to go. This person showed up and all of a sudden everything is a problem. Yeah. And you know, I've seen that where um, somebody new gets a job and and not just around music and booking and events, but um, somebody, somebody new is in a position and they feel like they need to put their stamp on it. Like it's it's important to them to make some changes to sort of express their having arrived or something. I say, as Mm -hmm. I, as I say that I'm aware that probably that's how it seems to the people I'm working with that in my new job. Um, sure. <laughs> it's true. I do. I do. There are some things that I'm seeing that need dealing with and, uh, um, yeah. there's been no momentum around that. And so I'm applying momentum, but, um, you know, it, it can certainly happen in booking where, you know, you've, you've been dealing with somebody forever and then it changes and they've got their people or they've got some vision that's, you know, now they're the boss of, and, um, and you just kind of have to roll with that sometimes. It's, it's just, it, it's like starting that relationship from scratch. Yeah. I think, uh, her, uh, thumbprint on the event is I want to make sure that the band has no fun. <laughs> I think <laughs> well, that's what she's going can't for. Drink, I'll tell you that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's been a blast. Um, now we, we do have a, uh, our last event of the year is this coming Friday and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. We are, um, as a, as a unit, taking on a bit more of the emceeing of the event itself, Mm. which I think could be fun and interesting. Um, They've been very receptive. Um, There's been a couple of back and forths about specifics, but nothing, you know, out of the ordinary and just kind of like wanting to make sure that, you know, we have what we need and that we are providing what they need. Um, So I think that's going to be interesting. We are apparently, you know, facilitating a lip sync competition. Fun. Um, huh. and, and they asked about if th- they could do it with the band. And I was like, there's not really a way of making that happen. Uh, we're on in-ear monitors. Like you can't hear anything on stage. Like yeah. it's not conducive. Yeah. yeah. And they were totally fine with that. You know, you, you may or may not be exactly perfect to the recording. I mean, you, you are more than most, but sure. But there's no guarantee that doing that along with the band would be at all like what the person had painstakingly practiced in their room, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, so. it's going to be fun. And, and they've been, even with the, I, I would say over communication, they've been very game for pretty much everything. So, um, I want to make sure that we hold up our end of the bargain and provide good customer service, um, and put on a good show. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we're doing is we're pulling out some of those holiday tunes that we worked up. We did, um, we, we already did them on Monday and, uh, they went over really well. We did what Christmas means to me by Stevie wonder, mm-hmm. Uh, Run Run Rudolph, uh, the Brian Adams version, which I sped up a little bit more. Um, and then uh, Last Christmas sure. by Wham, which I know is a song that you hate with the fire of a thousand suns. I um, Are you familiar with the, um, the Whamageddon phenomenon? I, I saw you reference it in a post this week, but please share with our esteemed listeners. Yeah, it's a game that is played on the internet, as many are. Um, 
that starts on December 1st <laughs> and you are, uh, the, the thing is like how far into December you can go without hearing last Christmas and covers don't count. It's gotta be the original wham recording. Um, and I appreciate you including the H in that wham wham. Yes. Yes. Like cool whip. Um, and so, uh, you know, and when you go out, you're supposed to post it on Facebook with the Whamageddon, Whamageddon hashtag. Um, I this year was out, as I mentioned, the game starts December 1st. I was out December 2nd this year. I wouldn't even made it that far. Well, I was at Costco and they got me. They Boom. They got me. So I was out early. Last year I made it to um, around now, actually, and I heard it in the um, gift shop outside a... Irish pub themed restaurant at Disney Springs in Orlando. <laughs> so there you go. It's last, last place I would expect to be taken out of Wemmageddon. But anyway, it happened early this year and uh, uh, it's a fun thing. You should, yeah, it's, it's got a good hashtag and it's easy to find. It's- also an aside, uh, if you have the opportunity to go check out Disney at Christmas, it is absolutely worth it. Yeah. They do it. They do it big. Yeah, we were there, um, not actually Christmas day or Eve, but the week before, I think last year. And it was, well, just but, during the holiday season. Oh, like we went really like the first of December, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, amazing. Our personal favorite was Hollywood studios. They just, they do that totally like 1930s Coca-Cola Christmas uh-huh. deal, like to perfection. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. We yeah. had a good old time. Yeah. It's amazing. I had some, man, that, that totally threw me off because now I'm thinking about Disney. Um, <laughs> well, it's all right. Listen, um, he, so here, here it is December. We're recording on, what is it? The 18th, 17th, something like that. Yep. 18th. 18th. Um, is your, are, are you as loaded up with, is your attention as full as it's ever been in your, I mean, you know, I think you and I are in similar situations. Here it is the holidays. We're in both in new jobs. Um, yep. I, I am finding myself this week in particular, having sort of a reaction to life. Like I can't, um, I, I just got more than I can hold. And I, I, um, I, I love it all. I got, I mean, I'm not complaining, but boy, mm-hmm. I got no room for anything else. Um, <laughs> to the point that, um, in, in a chat with the band on, on, you know, group text with the band, um, there was something that I missed. Somebody requested a song to go on the set list as a, as an option a week ago. And I apparently just didn't see it. And, um, and he said, uh, oh yeah, it's back in the text history. And like, my reaction was like, dude, I got no time to scroll up your text history. Like it, it, what I, <laughs> what I need is if I screw something up, what, what I need is not to you to point out that I screwed it up, but to, to like gracefully help me unscrew it. Right. That, that, yeah. That's what I need from you right now. Cause I got no, you know, three months ago I could sit and just scroll happily and find that song. But man, I'm, I am, I think it's holidays. I think it's holidays. It's always does this to me that I'm like stretched kind of to the point. And um, I don't know. Are you feeling that way at all? Is it the world or is it just me? I can't, I can't always tell. You know, typically around this time, I, I do kind of feel that tension, but this year is, I would say the, uh, the exception to that. Well, that's good. Um, you know, it's funny that you, you, you asked that question on an, on a day where um, uh, my wife has been in Connecticut on a business trip and I've been watching the boys. Um, since Sunday, basically. Um, but no, uh, I actually feel like we, we have taken, um, intentional steps to kind of stop and smell the roses during the holiday season. Um, 
we've had a bunch like you know we've we've gone and met santa and we've done all of the all of the christmas things and it's funny i actually just finished my my christmas shopping tonight mm-hmm. uh, right before we uh recorded this episode honestly like from a from a health of mind state i'm probably in a better place today than i've been all year that's good that's good. Which is not normal <laughs> for December. <laughs> for December, because it, yeah. it is it is typically a busy and stressful time. And I mean, I've got um, with taking this job, the the consulting thing kind of fell to the wayside. But I have two appointments this week with the consulting firm. Um, cool for for things related to gifts and that kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, that's extra income uh, at the end of the year. And so, yeah. Um, Things are busier than they normally are, but I I feel I feel better and I feel less stressed than I probably felt six months ago. That's good. That's Even good. though I would say that my life is more busy and more hectic. I think part of it for me is um is my gigging schedule over the next couple of weeks. You know, I've got I've got one the Saturday before Christmas, I've got one the Saturday before New Year's, and then New Year's Eve, which is two days later, and then mm-hmm. a solo acoustic on January fourth. It's just I'm um, I'm sort of coming up into uh, and we've kind of pledged ourselves we're not going to play the same old show we're going to add some new stuff so there'll at least be a couple three rehearsals in there yeah it's just it just seems like a lot especially wedged into the last two weeks of the year but on the other side my company <laughs> essentially shuts down between now and the end of the year that's so good I'll be taking the whole the whole Christmas week off so that's good yeah I'll be. We being a software company that does outbound support, we, uh, our hours are a little bit tweaked, but, um, I only have like, I've got Christmas Eve and Christmas day, and then I've got New Year's Eve and New Year's day off. Mm. Uh, everything else I'll be in the office, but I mean, being in the office is not super stressful. You know, we're just dealing with stuff coming in. Um, and even in the, like, basically they've, my company has decided to throw me to the wolves, and they're like, just answer everything. Just start the process. We'll help you find where you need to go. But good, you know, if you're going to learn this, you're going to learn the hard way. So yeah, good. Um, other than feeling completely out of my element at work, um, things have been good, and uh, I like my team and all of that stuff. So, like I said, uh, if you, you know, we had talked about this, you know, three four months ago, we were both not <laughs> in a super positive mind mind frames. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm not, I'm not negative. I'm just, I'm just busy. I'm just, yeah, you got a bandwidth point where I can't like, yeah, I'm out of bandwidth. I can't, I can't take on much more. That's perfectly fine. I mean, yeah. everybody gets to that point. It's not a, I'm sure everybody listening to this could, <laughs> could definitely commiserate. I'm, yeah. Like I said, I'm the exception to the rule. I'm the only one who's like, it's the holiday season. <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 oh my gosh, my kids love that whoop de doo dickery yeah. doc part. Yeah, yeah, mine too. Hanging socks up. Hilarious. Yep, that's the best. So while we're on the, uh, the self-reflection tip, I wanted to uh, talk about something that I did this week that um, probably doesn't feel difficult or challenging to anybody else, but was very much to me. <laughs> yeah. And that was I released our promo video on Monday. You did. And I'll tell you, it's awesome. It, um, we have been using, we've been sitting on this footage since July and it has gone, it has changed hands between three different editors and 
countless revisions and I sent it to, I sent the, the quote unquote rough version, um, to the guy who shot the original footage and he goes, dude, you are literally throwing money in a garbage can. Put that out right now. Um, I just, you know, it had, it had grown to be emotional to me. Um, the perfection of the project. Yeah. Um, so I'd gotten the, I'd gotten my first rough draft on Monday at the gig because our bass player, uh, God bless him has had, had taken the mantle, um, to do the editing. And I had a, I had a couple of very specific notes and I, I, I had nitpicked everything else to within an inch of its life. Um, and he made some good choices, but then I was like, Hey, look at the one that I made. I'd like a blend of the two. And we had gotten pretty close and I had a few more things that I wanted to do. And he was, and, and my, our, our friend, Jeff, uh, Jeff Wright was just Mm -hmm. like, dude, you're killing yourself. You are, no one cares about this, but you. Right. So just do it. Right. So I did. And I put it out. And how's the reaction been? Um, overwhelmingly positive. It's been really nice. Um, the thing that I had, I had kind of put this block in my head that, one of the things that was quote unquote holding us back was the quality of our promo material. So now the rubber kind of needs to meet the road because I have, um, at least to my, in my mind, I have eliminated that roadblock. Right. So now what do I do with it? Hmm. Yeah. You don't have that excuse anymore. Right. So I have, um, I have been very, I would say aggressive, uh, in, in letting people know about it. I, um, we sent out, uh, an email blast, uh, which is in very short succession from the last one, probably about a week or two, two weeks, um, between sending those out. I went so far as to actually like write up a little blurb and say, Hey, if, um, if you could pass this on to anybody you think uh, would be interested in us, I'd really appreciate it with a link. And I went through my, my entire messenger list on Facebook and I sent it to anybody I knew that I thought would be interested or might work for a company that might be interested. I mean, I sent out probably close to a hundred of those. Great. Uh, I've started sending emails out to other venues. Like I just really want it. You know, if, if that was my excuse, I have eliminated that excuse from my, uh, from my life and I'm, I'm going to move forward. So excellent. Well, I look forward to hearing about the results. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, nothing has moved as of yet. You know, part of you thinks that like, oh, I've, I've just, I've, I've released this thing and now, you know, it's just a matter of time. But, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, really, yeah. If you, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. And I think we, we had kind of taken that mind, that mindset for the band in general this past year. It was like, we're not going to chase this. We're going to let people come to us. Um, and, and, you know, bands can do that. It is definitely, yeah, some, some of them will come to you. It is a method. It's not necessarily the most effective method, but it was the method that we chose. And, you know, I wouldn't say that we were unsuccessful this year, but um, we were not chasing down leads. We were not, you know, soliciting information or gig requests from other people. We were basically just responding to inquiries as they came. Um, And as a result of that, um, our booking, I would say it was inconsistent. We'd have very, very busy months and then we'd have kind of slow months. And, 
um, you know, then it would pick back up and then we have a dead month. It was just kind of this, this fluctuation. Um, and I think in the coming year, we're going to kind of retool what we plan on doing, um, change our approach up. I think we're, we are definitely toying with the idea of doing more public dates, uh, playing at clubs and bars, um, a bit more frequently because it cool. is one of those things that definitely, um, can bring in more business. Sure. So, you know, we're going to have our end of the year powwow at some point with, um, with the, the, the team and kind of figure out next steps. But that is kind of where we are right now. Excellent. So I would just say to any of you perfectionists out there, you are probably sitting on something that is remarkably good. It's something that, um, would definitely benefit you, your band or your brand in general. And if your fear is that it's not good enough, that may be, that's, that's probably more of a you thing than a reality thing. For sure. And you should probably, you know, I would, I would open up your, um, your field of influence to see what other people think. And, and you should definitely be open to, um, to that feedback. Yeah. You know, I think, I think, um, we musicians are pretty aware of the way we're our own worst enemy in terms of our musical ability. We're our own biggest critic of our performance and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think, um, when it comes to stuff that might not be, there's probably stuff that we're not as, um, trained at getting over that in. You know, like, you know, you, you get up and do a show and it's fine. And then later your brain is like, oh, that part sucked and this part sucked. And you, you, you have the wherewithal at this point in your professional and performance career to like, okay, thanks for that. And like stand up and play again. Yeah. Um, in marketing and in this material stuff, like where you got to second guessing and got to questioning yourself, um, would you say, it, it sounds to me, and I just, I'm interested what you think, like mm -hmm. you, you don't, have that same sort of trust in yourself there that you do when those thoughts come up about your performance. Yeah. I think, um, you know, the thing that I, I feel like we're all, all of us are chasing this to a certain point is that we want to be, we want to create media that, that reflects our impression of what our bands provide. Yeah. And for better or worse, those aren't always realistic. They're not always accurate and they're not, <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. You know, my ba the, the the thing that I kept telling people and I felt like what I was looking for was was the the right thing, which was I want footage of us looking cool, I want pictures of people having fun and I want music to I want the music to sound great. Right. And I felt like um in previous versions of our promo material we might have had one of the three or two of the three. And I was really like locked in on, we really need all three for this to, to make an impact. Yeah. And it was slow going. It took, you know, it took recording a bunch of shows to get the, you know, the audio good enough. Um, yeah. and then the time to mix the audio and then to find the footage that, you know, out of probably at this point, four to six hours of footage from two different cameras. Um, mm to kind of, to, to fill it all out. Uh, it is one of the benefits of being unemployed is that I did have the time to <laughs> mix all of those things and put it together. So it didn't cost yeah. me anything other than time. 
Um, but, um, it was just that final thing and just the, the hesitancy or the self doubt that's like, nah, you know, this isn't, this isn't where I want it to be. Um, and, and, and at, at the point that I was, I was ready to send it back. It was like, I'd like to have some more songs in the promo and to, you know, to Jeff's credit, he was like, nobody watches these things all the way through. If you don't, if you don't have them within the first 15 seconds, it doesn't matter what's at the end. Well, and even if you do, they're going to skip around. I skipped around. Sure. And and it, 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 it's literally 72 seconds long. It's a minute, 12 seconds. Um, and the funny thing, it's not even, it's not really funny, but you know, once you post something on YouTube, you, you automatically have access to the analytics Mm -hmm. and, um, in the 48 hours that it's been out, it's been watched maybe around a hundred times, maybe less. Mm-hmm. Um, average length of watching is 45 seconds. Which is actually not bad. No, I mean, for what it is, it is very, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty solid. Feel pretty good about yeah. that. So yeah, yeah, it is what it is. So, yeah. well, so listen, there's, so there are two aphorisms that apply here. Yeah. One is perfect is the enemy of good. Indeed. The other, and this is a software development thing in particular, um, cause software developers do the same thing. They'll polish that thing until, you know, the due date has gone past twice. And, you know, so there's a phrase in software development we use that is shipping is a feature. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> getting that thing done, getting it out the door. You know, I'm the, the company I'm working for now does a software development methodology, um, way more intensely than I've ever done it in my career called agile. Yes. And one of the big concepts of it is to get something out in public and visible and get feedback on it so that you can iterate and put out a next version quickly. Right. So to think that you're going to sit and noodle on something and perfect it and fine tune it and craft it and have it be the last version of anything you ever do is mm-hmm. it's just not very realistic. It's just not how these things are done. Well, yeah. And you that's, know. you know, kind of coming from the other side is, you know, I provide support for a developer. Um, and we have people who are, I, I had this, I had something cross my desk where this, uh, this customer was complaining that the DVD support of the program isn't working so well since they updated to the latest operating system. Uh-huh. And, um, our stance on it is, uh, the computer company has abandoned this technology and, um, we're pretty close to doing that as well. Yeah. And so if Why this is a feature that you are locked in on, this is the workaround that you need to hand, you need to use. And if you do not, um, this will continue on without you. Yeah. Um, it's not coming back. So there's right. a, there, that's the other side of that is that, yeah, shipping is a feature, but also holding onto something, um, too long, uh, is, is not, it's not productive. It's not going right. to do you any good. Right. Well, I mean, literally when we come up with a feature to add to, to our product, I'm now the manager of a product that makes $2 million a year, hmm. um, which is an exciting thing considering I've never done that before. Um, when we come up with a feature that we want to add, literally the question we ask is, what's the least we can get away with? What's the smallest version of it we can put out and even find out if people even want that feature? They may not. And yeah. we, you know, to invest like six months in building the full bells and whistles version of it would be stupid. Yeah. Put out the tiny version of it, see what they think, and then you know work toward the feedback based on that. And sometimes, you know, we have one thing that's going into a f- revision right now. And, um, 
<laughs> last week I had to kind of soothe the developer who put out the first version. Like he was like, you know, I did my best, man. It's like, no, dude, you did awesome. You put out a killer. We call it a minimum viable product. Mm -hmm. You put out the best, you know, version of it. We could knowing what we knew and without investing a whole lot in it. And now we know more. So we're just going to put out another version. It's all yeah. good. This is so, you know, talking um, about scrum and agile. This might be one of the few episodes my wife will listen to. Hey, there you go. <laughs> She's well, a project manager, pro manager. So it's Perfect. all, uh, well, I'm a product owner for a $2 million product. Yeah. I mean, no big deal. You know, it's not, no big deal. It's, not a big, it's just a part of your life now. You know, I mean, the company makes 2 billion. So my company, my product is pretty tiny. It's true. Thank you for, uh, for reiterating <laughs> that I was being silly and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm anticipating, you know, good things. Uh, I feel like it gives us, um, a more accurate portrayal of what we, uh, what we provide as a service. And, yeah. um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that I finally just got over it and, uh, yeah. put the, put the damn you. thing out. I will tell you, I have, I have a lot of video I've accumulated from shows, um, that I haven't really done anything with. And I'm thinking I'm just going to put them together in kind of a highlight reel. Yep. Um, fashion and not have it be too lengthy, but just kind of take the highest energy moments that I can find and glue them together and call it good. I mean, it's one can you know, in, in all cases, it's a camera that I stood up somewhere out in front of the mains, you know, looking back at us and mm -hmm. I got, <laughs> I got smart enough that to position the camera like way up high. So it's looking over my head so it can see Tony, the drummer, um, you know, and catch some of the dancing space in front of us. So at every show, there's s many minutes of, crowd response and audience engagement and that mm -hmm. kind of thing that I can show. Um, I just haven't, haven't gotten around to it. It's one of those things that I was going to do while I was unemployed. And then instead I sat on the couch. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I did it, but it, it still took me six months to, <laughs> to finish. Right. So, um, and you know, there's a lot of ways of approaching this. You know, we opted to do, let's find great footage and, um, and let's just put music behind it. You know, some people, they, you know, you're using all live audio directly from, mm -hmm. The, the deal. What we found though, is that a lot of the footage that looks cool of us performing isn't necessarily to the parts of the songs or the songs that we wanted to put in the promo. Right. So it just didn't right. really, and we weren't doing this in like a studio environment where we were like replicating the performance, uh, to fit the, the actual, you know, audio, you know, we were doing it the other way around. So, um, and there's no wrong way or right way to do it. There's, you know, 20 examples of any, way you want to go that so yeah i mean i think i think one look at that video makes it clear that the way you did it is among the right ways so <laughs> good stuff there you go yeah yeah well you have any other things to uh to add to this lovely conversation i don't think so i don't think so um well then um want to thank you guys for continuing to uh tune in and listen um feel free to support us on patreon uh we did have to buy some more uh, some more storage space and i'm in the process of cleaning up some uh some room so that we can continue to post these episodes for you guys um and uh we'd love to hear your feedback uh anytime you have it uh got some great responses from some previous episodes some good vodka recommendations from that one that we talked about nice um very good and then just, you know, general questions about Amplist stuff and all of that. So um, we are here as a uh, as a sounding board and as a uh, group of guys who know a few things and want to help you go further faster. So uh, please hit us up. 
either on the uh, Facebook page or uh, coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. Uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash coverbandconfidential. Uh, we would love to hear from you. I will call it for this week. I am Adam Johnson in Atlanta, Georgia. And in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 35. Have a good week. Have a good week. Have a good week. Yes. Yes.